cliffcentral.com. Another Renegade Report, your favorite podcast. Well, the best one in the country, oh, in the continent, I would assume, as well. Southern Hemisphere, screw the Australians. Southern Hemisphere, yeah, and the Argentinians, the bastards. <laughs> are you, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Are you? Are you helping the poor and the ugly with their health issues? Does it give you um, satisfaction? Uh, it's just a whole bunch of virtue signaling, my whole life, really, my whole job. Just complete virtue signaling. But you don't tweet about it enough, I think. Yeah, it, there's a whole bunch of patient confidentiality issues. Uh, the SJWs are just waiting to hop on me on, on a, 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 the second I put a foot wrong on that. So I think I'll stick to my current strategy. All right. Yeah, just just save their lives. I think that should be okay. Yeah, well, maybe. For some people, it's not good enough. Right. Uh, talking about saving lives, eh? Yeah, not not human ones. Unless you're a vegan, then you think they are humans. Um, yeah, animal animal lives. It's an important factor. Yeah, and the only way to do so An- by animal killing lives one. matter. Animal lives matter, except for the one you hunt. Yeah. All right. So this week, as you can hear, we're going towards something in, to do with animals and hunting. Uh, and do you want to uh, introduce introduce our guest? Indeed. So uh, our guest is Erdly Rudman. Uh, Erdly is a professional hunter. So I mean, that's actually like a qualification. Um, he's a professional hunter. He he runs a lot of uh, hunting specifically for the for foreign markets in South Africa, and he's very interested in conservation. So Erdly, can you hear us? Yes, Roman, Jonathan, I, I can hear you. Fantastic! Welcome to the show, Erdly. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, no, the pleasure is all ours. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, for those who, who who don't know you, our listeners, uh, just tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, what do you do? What is what is a professional hunter? Well, <clears throat> a professional hunter is a uh, a a uh, a person who who's, who's guiding you know hunting customers or clients, as we call them, uh, obviously on a professional basis. In South Africa, the law is that you need to have a, 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 a specialized license or permit to be able to guide people professionally. Um, it's pretty much the custom in, in most of the countries where hunting is permitted in Africa. Uh, in America, you don't need a license to guide someone, but this is how it is in South Africa. Uh, you need a license. So I'm a licensed professional hunter, and I'm mainly – Operating on our private property here in the Eastern Cape. Oh, so so you have land for now? Yes, we, yes, <laughs> yeah. We own uh, our family. It's a family operation, and uh, we own uh, a, a sizable uh, portion of land over here. It's, it's sort of contiguous, and uh, it's uh, it's 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 large enough to uh, accommodate a tremendous amount of wildlife and quite a few hunters. The market demands large areas, so it it doesn't make too much sense hunting on a small property. So over the years, we have we have uh, invested a lot in growing our operation, and that means buying additional property. Uh, tell me, uh, Erdly, 
in terms of, you know, you're describing quite a large operation, a relatively decent sized piece of land, a lot of wildlife. Um, tell us about uh, the economy that creates, the, the jobs that that creates. Uh, yeah, it creates a, a tremendous amount of jobs uh, directly and indirectly. Um, I mean, we, we employ uh, up to 10 different professional hunters. It's not just uh, uh, ourselves and the family. We, we have other professional hunters that we employ when the need arises, when we have, uh, you know, excess customers or clients. And uh, we, we have a large population of, of people living on our property, our staff, our workers, all involved in uh, the operation um, as, as skinners, trackers, and, uh, and, and a variety of other functions, you know, fence workers and so on. So we support um, in excess uh, of 300 people if you, in, indirectly as well. If you take, uh, you know, the families and, and, and people living, you know, in towns that, that are dependent on our operation. So it's, it's, it's about 300 people. All right. I mean, that's quite a sizable uh, amount of people that, that work there or who are affected by it. So, uh, Erdly, when you when you advertise your 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 farm or all the animals on it, I mean, who who are you, who are your big clients? Um, Roman, it's mainly uh, mainly Americans. We we target the the American market because uh, they have a it's a massive massive uh, outdoor industry that they have developed over there. Um, I take my hats off to the Americans for for doing that. Um, it's tremendous um, how they they develop. Everything over there, I mean, it's very much based on free market principles, uh, especially Texas. You know, a lot of private property over there as well, privately owned wildlife. Um, the state does uh, manage quite a bit too. But uh, the, the whole um, support industries that, that have developed, you know, the gear, um, you know, obviously firearms, uh, all these other extras, it's, it's a massive industry in, in the United States. Um, and, and obviously we tap into that and, uh, we get, we get a lot of our customers, more than half of our customers are actually repeat clients. We've had some people here for, uh, that have been about 12 times already. Um, and, and, uh, as I said, most of them are actually repeat customers. So that's very important. You know, if you can get repeat customers, you're obviously doing something right. No, absolutely. The thing about Texas, which is quite odd, when I started hunting uh, a decade ago or so, uh, the sable antelope was extremely expensive and extremely rare, and and the roan as well, I believe. And now uh, I read I read uh, about a year ago that the the largest uh, herds of sable are in Texas. In fact, not even in not even in South Africa or Africa. Yes. Uh, yeah. Texas does have a lot of exotics. Uh, uh, they, they do extremely well there. Um, they don't have very many um, problems with uh, the authorities, you know, uh, uh, allowing them to have exotics. You know, in South Africa, we, we're, getting, we're getting problems from our, our uh, department here of having species that are not indigenous. So um, in Texas, they allow that. You know, it's very, very much of a, of a sort of a free market over there. But we, we obviously trying our best to, to do that as well. But we have such a huge variety of indigenous species here in, in South Africa that we don't really need uh, too many exotics. But I know Texas has got a lot of scimitar horned oryx as well. And uh, the scimitar horned oryx is basically extinct in its natural range. You don't find them in the Sahara Desert anymore. 
And Texas has got the most you know, scimitar horned oryx in anywhere. I mean, you know, in the world now. And um, that 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 is also just an, another accolade for them over there and how they manage their, their wildlife you know, on a private basis. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting point. It, it opens up the entire debate on, on on hunting for me and 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 really the benefits uh, or some of the benefits. Certainly, we've discussed the employment aspect of it, but uh, it seems it seems that people misunderstand what hunting means. So they take it as hunting is shooting an animal, uh, therefore you're you're killing animals, uh, and that's where hunting begins and ends. Uh, but it, it, it's, it seems very obvious, as in the case that you've just cited, uh, whereby um, hunting actually leads to conservation. So can you go into that a little bit more? Yes. <clears throat> um, it's, it's the incentivized um, conservation that's important here. You know, it's the private, the ownership principle. Um, the, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we've been discussing it, uh, you know, a lot in the recent times, even on on your podcast here, I've, I've heard the, the word decentralization, um, uh, certainly about our, 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 our ESKIM utility over here, uh, you know, that's a major problem. And what, in essence, the private ownership principle um, uh, effects is is uh, the incentive to conserve uh, these species that have value. So we, we're not just going... Uh, you know, just killing any animals and all the animals, the breeding stock, and that we we conserving, we're protecting the breeding stock, and uh, and only taking out the old males normally that uh, that you know as as trophies or for the meat uh, on a sustainable basis. You know, so they uh, and as we do that, they, it's it's uh, paying for itself. You know, it's sustaining itself uh, as an economic uh, uh, unit. You know, so. I mean, that, that, that is fairly, I believe, fairly common sense to most people, right? Uh, an animal is a commodity, and if that animal has value, you would want more of it. So you would hunt those that, yes. that, that have uh, little value, and you keep those that, ha- that, that you know, uh, breed, as an example. Yes. So, w- yes. so what do you make of, of trophy hunting? So last year, after Cecil the Lion was killed in Zimbabwe, there was a massive outcry. Now, you can't eat a lion. As far as I know, uh, so it's really there just to put, to stuff it and put its head on the wall in your living room. So, so what do you think yeah. about those sort of issues? The the lion, the lion issues, obviously, uh, you know, are very sensitive and very emotional. People uh, are very emotionally attached to cats. Um, I don't think uh, there should be any differentiation between lions or, or any other uh, antelope or any other uh, you know huntable species. Uh, incidentally, people do eat uh, lion meat. <laughs> I know in, in the East, they, they eat the bones or use the bones a lot. So uh, there is a demand for, for the bones too. So they do actually get eaten. And one of my favorite uh, meats uh, is uh, is actually cat, caracal meat, you know, the, the roy cut. Oh, yes. Have you ever mm. had any of that? No. It's actually uh, very, <laughs> very tasty. But uh, so you can actually eat cats if you want to. But I know it's 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 not uh, um, you know uh, politically whatever you call it, but you know people sort of uh, frown upon eating cats. But the main thing is um, hunting, uh, trophy hunting of of uh, any species doesn't necessarily mean that it it is just protecting that species. That income that's generated from lions or whatever uh, animal that you possibly couldn't eat 
gets most of the time gets reinvested into the operation or into other species as well. So it's kind of um, uh, intersectional, if you want to use a fancy word that, that you see a lot here on the internet. It's not just as simple as one species on its own uh, every time. You know, you've got to think of it in the bigger picture. Mm. So, I, I mean, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate as the, the kind of uh, folk yes. who, who will say, uh, you know, but hunting's bad and hunting kills animals and there must be a better way and all of these things. And perhaps there is. Um, I just want to understand if tomorrow the government were to be lobbied to completely ban all hunting. Uh, so your entire operation becomes illegal overnight. There's no real point in you uh, running your farm uh, anymore because unless you do something illegal, which wouldn't be, I assume, worth the risk. Um, what 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 ultimately is, uh, in your opinion, the end point for the animals then? Uh, Jonathan, yeah, unfortunately, you know, reality will set in and um, uh, those animals – uh, wildlife uh, that that had a hunting value, uh, which is most of the animals on private land has only has hunting value. Uh, they they will be eliminated. Unfortunately, that is uh, just the, the fact. I mean, it, it's sad uh, that that would happen. But you know, uh, we, we, these operations all have um, taxes, have rates, have, have a lot of expenses, have, have people depending. So it will just get uh, reconverted or converted back to livestock farming. You know, we, this area where we from, they used to farm a lot of goats, uh, angora goats, that absolutely destroyed huge areas of of the uh, natural habitat around here. And uh, and that that will be be the only option really is to go back to farming goats, uh, angora goats, and burboka burgers, which, which would mean the, the other animals that are currently there, uh, some of them relatively rare, um, would 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 die out essentially. Uh, absolutely, um, you know, wildlife can't really compete with a goat. A goat can eat, uh, I mean, you know, almost rocks if it has to. So. So uh, nothing can compete with a goat, not even Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that video. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, goats are goats are, are very very hardy, and, and obviously, uh, you know, uh, that's why people farm them a lot. You know, the meat, the hair on the moe. So they they, they will marginalise uh, the indigenous wildlife. You know, we've uh, and and it's and it's the habitat as well that gets protected with uh, game farming. You know. But, but there's also a precedent in Africa, right? So post-liberation, a lot of uh, countries actually banned hunting entirely. And if you, if yes. you, if you go to them, you, you walk through countryside where, where there are no animals whatsoever. No birds in the trees, no nothing whatsoever because the local people have, have eaten all of it or they have killed you know, everything uh, in sight. So there's yeah. a precedent already. Yes, uh, I mean, uh, uh, a quote here is, uh, you know, poverty is the biggest enemy of conservation. So if the people are hungry, they, they, they're going to eat whatever, you know, is there. If they don't have money, uh, the first thing that they're going to do is turn on, on the wild animals and eat them. So um, uh, they, they, it has to have value, you know. Uh, um, and, and, and obviously in South Africa, we've been lucky that uh, in 1991, the government allowed us to private to uh, the ownership of of the game, so it actually we, we could actually farm them and, and sell them, and that that was a big turning point in in the wildlife industry in South Africa. Was it when they did that in 1991? And and, and currently now, I don't know. Do you have the numbers for how much uh, hunting 
adds to the economy. Yes, uh, uh, the, the, the hunting industry or the whole game ranching uh, industry in South Africa, it, it's worth 20 billion each year. Uh, 20 billion that it injects into the economy, and that's just directly. You know, uh, a lot of these people that we get, uh, they they spend about a week with us, and then they go down on a trip down the garden route or to Cape Town. Cape Town has marketed itself very, very well. People are very impressed with Cape Town, and uh, uh, they go and spend a week in Cape Town too. You know, so uh, it's not just directly, but uh, the direct uh, amount is, is is more or less 20 million, uh, uh, 20 billion, sorry. Uh, rand into the economy, so that's that's quite sizable. Okay, yeah, that is quite. Um, and just on 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 my side, um, Americans in general, the ones that you that you have to your farm, uh, what what do they particularly like to hunt? Because I, I assume that the lion and the rhino trophy hunting is is actually quite rare. In fact, yes, um, yeah, you know, we don't really we, we don't. Uh, have anything to do with the lions? You know, as I said, it's a personal thing that, and it's it's quite emotional. Uh, we don't have any lions in, on our property. Uh, there are places that uh, that that uh, do you know facilitate uh, lions, and you get you know the different types of lions, uh, the managed uh, ranch lions, and then you get the captive lions, and obviously the wild lions you find in the parks. But we uh, we don't have anything to do with that. Uh, but that's just a personal choice. Uh, I don't uh, you know have any problem with people that want to go and hunt lions. You know. Uh, you know, if the customer is happy to to hunt a lion and under the certain circumstances, that that's his, uh, uh, you know, that's his prerogative. But our main um, species here is the kudu, the, the natural occurring kudu in our in our bush. You know, we've my father and my great grandfather started many years ago looking after the habitat. Yeah, and we've got a tremendous amount of kudu. We've probably got about two thousand kudu on our property, and um, they're thriving over here. So kudus are our sort of flagship species here. All right, yeah, and and they're quite bountiful. I mean, I've I've hunted a few, uh, very nice meat, by the way. If anyone wants them, well, I don't have any at the moment, but when I do go hunt <laughs> next time, just send your orders to Ramon. Yeah, five hundred and <laughs> a kilo. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were going to say kudu. Now kudu is yeah, excellent meat, uh, lean meat. All all the game meat, very similar actually. They they you know they taste very similar, but 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 that's also another. Big uh, money spinner, and it's going to grow even more and more. Is uh. is the meat uh, industry? You know, the meat uh, side of the, this whole industry that we have here. So, if you if you want to be a healthy vegan, then you should eat uh, game meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell us, uh, tell us a bit about uh, Sati's. So, I, I assume we know absolutely nothing uh, because. In fairness, uh, people who aren't particularly interested in this area may not know anything about CITES at all. So, literally, from what it is, where it started, uh, yeah, and, and what we what we've ended up with now. Yes, CITES uh, stands for the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Fauna and Flora. Uh, you know, it was it was a, a, a group of, of countries that came together in, in the 1970s. I think it was about 1975. They they came together and decided. That uh, they need to stop the trade of, of uh, you know, mainly ivory and and and, and rhino horn uh, uh, between each other, you know, because they're signatories. So so they 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 want to stop it amongst each other, uh, and um, and and obviously a lot of countries agreed to it and has grown. They've added a lot more countries to it, um, 
and and it's uh, I'm not sure exactly how many countries now, but it's about 170 countries or something like that. It's it's a tremendous amount, but obviously a problem that they have is that uh, they rely on on the signatories on the countries themselves to impose these policies. You know that they have these restrictions, and uh, there, there are three different categories. They have CITES one, two, and three, and then these species. Uh, are put onto these different ones according to how endangered they are or if they're threatened or whatever. So it's quite an involved um, uh, situation, the CITES, and it's, as I said, it's, it's grown a lot and it's changed. Unfortunately, it has been, um, uh, uh, what's the word? I don't want to really use hijack, but it's been infiltrated by uh, what they call the, the global north um uh, animal rights movement, and uh, you mentioned uh, earlier something about the SJW, the Social Justice Warriors. I I sort of um, think of these people as the 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 um, ecological eco equivalent of of, of uh, the SJWs that that you spoke about. So they don't want people um, utilizing any of these animals at all. A lot of them are actually vegans and, and uh, you know, vegetarians, this type of thing. So they find it repulsive that people actually want to trade in uh, any animal products or obviously even eat meat, you know. So mm. they're opposed to any of that, and they've infiltrated CITES, unfortunately. And, um, and and it's become, you know, a sort of a globalist uh, operation there. They, they're trying to enforce their, um, uh, 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 you know, beliefs onto onto uh, countries that are, are struggling. You know, uh, we could all be, be benefiting from our resources over here. And I'll, I'll just quote something here. The ex-Secretary uh, General of CITES, Eugene Lapointe, I mean, he used to be involved in CITES in the, in the early days. He, he was the Secretary General. And, and he's, he's now, he has a quote here that he said uh, a couple of days ago. Like the arrogant and paternalistic imperialists of the past, eco-colonialists, believe that the environmental strictures that they have mapped out are environmentally superior to any other approaches. So, I mean, and this is a, this is a ex secretary general of CITES, you know, in the early days when they, when they still had good intentions and it's, it's literally been, been hijacked by these, uh, these sort of eco Marxists or socialists, whatever you want to call them. Just call them, are, are just, trying to, just call them eco mentalists. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they, they, they try to enforce and they want to use coercion and police and, and stuff like this onto people that they don't even have anything to do with, you know, and I, I just feel that's extremely unfair. These people sitting in the EU and, 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 um, and the UN, they, they, they not, not, yeah, you know, it's offsite, uh, environmentalism and, and, and I, I just feel it's, it's completely wrong, you know. This is why the, the rhinos are getting poached and elephants are, 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 are being depleted because CITES is not working. So, what are they? What are the 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 rules around ivory and rhino horn? Is it still like banned to to trade in those commodities? Yeah, completely. They, they, um, yes, the, it, it's it's uh, definitely rhino horn has, uh, has had an international ban. In South Africa, it was still legal to trade rhino horn inside the country uh, until a few years ago, and then they banned that as well. Um, and, 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 and that's and, more or less. And then we went from a hundred odd rhino dying a year to over a thousand. 
Yeah, I think in, uh, uh, until about 2007, there were maybe th- uh, three or four rhino being posted a year. Yeah, now it's uh, increased by over 5,000% um, because that, that market, uh, you know, obviously somehow they were getting the rhino's horns out of the country or wherever it was going, but, I mean, that was obviously illegal. But internally it was being uh, sold, bought and sold inside the country, and it was still legal then. Um, so... And and the the ivory the, yeah there's also a, a, a complete ban now uh, trading inside the country and 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 across borders as well. Uh, although uh, South Africa, Zimbabwe, and I think Namibia are are, are trying to change that. We're gonna now we, we've got this um, conference of parties, this COP17 coming up next week, and uh, I believe that our country with Namibia and and, and um, Zimbabwe are going to try and. Uh, uh, present a case to, to trade with the ivory because we do have a lot of elephants in South Africa and Zimbabwe and Namibia and to be honest there'd be a lot more um, elephants on private property if if uh, the legal trade if it was legal to trade with, with uh, ivory you know yeah it always it always bugs me to no end when you see these these the tower of of elephant tusks and they just burn it. You know, it was confiscated yeah. from poachers or whatever, and they just burn it. And, and you just think to yourself, you're making this commodity scarcer, you morons. And by making it scarcer, yes. you're making it the, in, the supply and demand. Yeah, the price will increase exponentially, so there'll be more poaching. Absolutely. You know, it's. It boggles uh, my I mind. Mean, uh, yeah, you see, but this is, you know, these are the type of people, unfortunately, that have now. You know, taken over uh, the, these these uh, organisations. You know, um, highly organised as far as media goes, uh, well funded. Um, you know, uh, the the organisations funding them. So so they they quite organised as far as uh, getting into these big uh, organisations and, and coercing uh, governments. Uh, I mean, uh, I'd, I'd hate to know if there's any corruption going on, but I'm pretty sure some money gets. Uh, <laughs> It's you know handed over to to kind of uh, inf- inflict or enforce their policies. You know, um, we, we've had uh, Arvo Vector on the show before. We we quite like his views, uh, mainly because he presents quite a liberal approach and libertarian approach to to things. I just uh, like him because he's white, to be honest. Well, I mean that goes without saying, Ramon. But um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But uh, what is your your view on 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 the rhino situation? Do you agree with him? Or should we be farming the rhino and and opening up the market? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, rhinos should be farmed um, like like we farm cattle and, and sheep. Uh, when as I said, I don't see any difference. I don't see why animal any animal or species should be any different to any other one. You know, um, uh, you mentioned the libertarian uh, you know outlook. Uh, I mean, I agree completely with that. Animals are, are, you know, humans are, are separate to the animals, and yeah. uh, I don't see why any one species should be uh, animal species or it should be any different to to any other one. And um, you know, uh, each rhino uh, a year can can produce one kilogram of horn, uh, and that can be harvested. That can be cut off without having to kill the rhino. And and uh, a kilogram of, of rhino horn is worth uh, seven hundred fifty thousand rand. So, and and one rhino eats as much as two cows, uh, just a little bit more than two cows a year. So, and a cow is only worth uh, four or five thousand rand. That takes a few years to sell. So 
it makes far more sense farming with rhinos than 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 cows. You know, so I, I agree completely with uh, Ivo Vector uh, and and that whole school of thought in, in farming these things. So uh, I have no problem with that at all. So are you telling me that the, the red plastic rhino horn at the front of my car doesn't actually do anything? That does absolutely nothing. Just making those people rich that are that are selling them. Damn it! I'm a seven oh two. That's they told me to get one. Yeah. No. Uh, um, tell us a, a little bit. Uh, I mean, you, you buy into the, 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 the farming of rhino. Um, it, you know, it's the same kind of concept, I guess, as having a, a private wild game farm. It's the same concept um, uh, in terms of keeping that resource uh, for people who are interested in that market. Um, w- w- you've mentioned the emotion around um, lions. And cats, yes. uh, I think, you know, I think that that's a, that's a fair point. You know, the internet is yes. essentially dedicated to cats. So yeah. it, it's an, it's a known fact that we really do value these creatures quite highly. Um, and I buy the argument fully that you've already made, which is that humans uh, are more important than animals. Um, but we often get this portrayal of hunters as these kind of evil, um, bloodthirsty, yeah, bloodthirsty, cruel to animals um, type of people. That's how they're portrayed as the uh, eco Marxists or whatever we're calling them, the eco mentalists. Um, you know, you're, yeah. you're very evil people. You basically carry a gun with you at all times. Guns are bad as well, um, and essentially, uh, it doesn't really bother you uh, harming animals and hurting animals. And 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 uh, you know, every now and again, carte blanche will do some kind of expose on some kind of. Dog dodgy guy who who doesn't do things properly and isn't probably licensed correctly um and you know animals end up hurt and and all these kinds of things so yes what's uh can we get a little bit of a a a, a, an other side to uh who hunters are and their care for the environment or what they don't care about in the environment yes no you got that's a very good question because um, I often, you know, on a, on a lighter side, I often think of, you know, we, we need social justice warriors to, to uh, stand up for us because we are oppressed, you know. <laughs> and just get oppressed. <laughs> so uh, if, you, if you see all the vitriol and, 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 and the abuse that, that uh, you know, we get, uh, uh, we, we are actually oppressed. But anyway, we, you know, we're tough enough. We can stand up uh, against all that. Uh, I mean, we get our operation. We get emails uh, almost every week from people in Britain or England or wherever, you know, telling us how disgusting we are and all that and type of thing. And then, you know, I'll just sometimes, if I feel like it, I'll reply in, in, a, in a logical way. And uh, obviously, I'll never get a reply. Um, uh, the first thing I always say, well, come speak to me in person, you know, and obviously that'll never happen. So these people, you know, are sitting behind keyboards and stuff uh, a lot and, and the big stuff there. But um, in reality, you know, they they uh, they won't approach us uh, in person. But uh, I always, uh, you know, uh, would appreciate it if they did, because then uh, we'd explain to them uh, logically. And most people, if we ever have to, you know, explain, they 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 would understand for sure. But um, but but yes, uh, you know, it it it, uh, it is quite disturbing to to uh, for a lot of people to to get exposed to that type of um, abuse, you know. But uh, but. Uh, Coming back to, like you said, things that do go wrong uh, in, the, in 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 certain operations, you know, I mean, it's like any any industry or or, or um, job or whatever, or you know, uh, there there will be bad bad apples. I mean, um, I think you're a, you're a doctor, Roman's a, a lawyer or attorney, 
there, there are bad eggs um, or apples in, in any profession. And, and, and the, you know, hunting or, or game farming industry, it's, it's no different, you know. Um, so to paint everyone with the same brush uh, is, is extremely unfair, you know. Um, but this is why I firmly believe in the free market and, and freedom of speech and all this. And uh, it's a word I, I saw the other day that, uh, that Roman used was interlocute. You know, and, and it's good for us to, to be able to communicate with you or try and communicate anyway with these people, uh, certainly on social media. And I think slowly but surely the tide is turning. You know, uh, if, you, if you look at Instagram, our, our hunters are coming out in, in force over there and, you know, uh, expressing themselves, uh, what they do, you know, not just necessarily with a dead animal or something, but, you know, showing the meat they're carrying out in Alaska or Canada the moose meat and stuff like that and showing, you know, the outdoors. So there is certainly a pushback as far as all this goes. And and, and this is why I, I like social media. Actually, a lot of people in our industry despise it. And actually some even told me that it should be banned. <laughs> I said, well, that's being a bit hypocritical. But anyway, yeah. um, we, we need to we need to use all these and, and, and interlocute, you know, uh, discuss, talk to people and, and, uh, and educate, you know. So this is why I appreciate being on your show here. Is, is just it's part of the education process. We're not all bad killers and, and bloodthirsty and that type of thing. We we, we actually we we the we the real conservationists are, are, are us hunters, the majority of us anyway, and and we are the major majority. So if you had to stand up, say, say there was a Greenpeace, um, I don't know, mob somewhere, and that you were invited to speak to them in in a whatever you know uh, for what in one minute, how would you describe? Why hunting is actually very beneficial for their cause. What, what for 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 the for the sorry, say again for the animals. Yeah, for the, for animals, right? So yeah, if you had to describe oh, well, to to people who disagree with you on this, uh, how would you explain yeah, it? Well, you know, we we always uh, you always read about it, and they say you know, uh, killing animals to save them is an oxymoron. You know, but that's like me saying um, you know, growing your your own food to eat it is an oxymoron. You know, so. Uh, this is it's the same thing. We 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 are, are protecting our resource because it has a value, and whether it's for hunting or for the meat, or for photographic people that want to come and take photographs, we 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 conserving, uh, uh, propagating our our resource. You know, so so if there was no commercial value on them, there'd be very little incentive to conserve and protect. And obviously, uh, utilize uh, that resource, and it, it's a, it's a very big resource for for uh, for us uh, people on, on marginal land. You know, we, we farm on marginal land, as I said earlier, and uh, it's become a very valuable resource. And it could be even more valuable if certain of these uh, restrictions are you know eliminated. Yeah, I mean that that's the reason why sheep are, are non scarce, but gorillas are. Uh, Rest in peace, Harambe. Yeah. Harambe. Oh, um, we do miss him, don't we? Yeah, um, but 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 speaking about land, Erdly, um So obviously, land is, is a is a bit of a thorny issue for some uh, people. So I assume you have a vast tracts of, of land and things like that. Um, has there been any issue in <clears throat> in your in your part of the country about has land been an issue with 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 people in the community around you? Uh, no, Roman. Uh, uh, in 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 our district, uh, you know, uh, the, the the farms were owned long before uh, there was any even idea of apartheid. I mean, it was all uh, title deeds in the 1800s already. You know, uh, 
or certainly early 1900s, that long before 1948. So uh, there, there was no um, forced evictions or anything around here in, in, this, in this part of the country. So we've had no land claims or anything here, and, and I don't think, uh, you know, there, there, there will be much to come in any case. You know, uh, the, the, the land claims that were in 94 and 98, I think most of them have been settled already. There are just a, a couple of thousand that are still out, outstanding. But uh, now this part of the country um, is, we, you know, there weren't really a, um, a lot of, so, you know, if you ever want to, how you want to say it, locals around in any case, there was no water here. We were a very dry place. We had to drill uh, a lot of boreholes to, to extract water for animals. So there was no reason for anyone to, to want to come and live in this desert, you know. Yeah, I mean, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you are quite remote as well. Uh, what's your closest main sort of center? Well, we we actually kind of between uh, Port Elizabeth and Grafrenet. Uh So yeah, uh, you know, in the Eastern Cape. Yeah. So I'd say we're closer to Port Elizabeth, but it, it is it is a, a very dry part of the country. In any case, um, you know, we're going through the driest, the worst drought in a hundred years right now. Uh, it's actually affected this whole industry tremendously. A lot of people have lost a lot of hope and stuff, but, uh, you know, th- that's why we're fortunate that we've got quite a large, uh, you know, operation, so we can absorb that. But these smaller guys are, are, are failing, and unfortunately there are a lot of properties in the market. So if anybody wants land, they can come and buy a lot of land around here. <laughs> yeah, use free market principles for land reform. I'm quite a fan of that. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, all right. So, look, we've got CITES. You've you've mentioned the problem with CITES. Um, you you did allude to some of the government regulation. Uh, give us a bit of a summary in terms of if we, in your opinion, because you you sound like you're quite a liberal, uh, and uh, also obviously you value the free market quite 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 a lot. Um, if if we were to kind of fix it, so if if you were in control and and we could change this to get the best outcome, uh, I assume you know you're a capitalist, so the best outcome is 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 one in which you would do well from a from a business perspective, but it would also uh, have the knock on effects. I think many people don't understand uh, about about um, those principles. Yes. Um, yes. How how would we do that? What 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 changes need to be made? And and, and be specific if you need to be. Yeah, you see, um, the, we we have we have a tremendous amount of of legislation and um, regulations in place in this country. I mean, I think South Africa's probably got the the most uh, uh, environmental regulations, uh, you know, out of any country almost in the world. Um, obviously, whether how they implemented and, and and enforced and all that, that's another story. But um, uh, the, what it does do is create the impression that it's 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 tremendously difficult to get involved in this industry, and I call you know or what people call that barriers to entry, and uh, you know they, they often talk about our industry uh, you know the wildlife or game ranching is only you know white older older white men or whatever involved in it, and uh, it needs to be transformed and everybody scratches their head you know yes we need to transform this industry. Uh, and we all agree that we need more, you know, uh, black people, or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't like to use, I'm not, I don't like racial uh, classification and stuff. But we're all just South Africans. But anyway, if we have to include previously disadvantaged people, then um, uh, these barriers to entry create a tremendous uh, 
uh, a problem for people that, that are not really involved. And they think, well, how the hell are they ever going to get in here because they, you know, they, they, they need 10 lawyers or something to, to, to understand all the, all the you know, proclamations and, 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 and uh, restrictions and requirements and, and, and things like this. So, so what needs to be done is that it, it needs to be uh, uh, liberated uh, tremendously and, and, and make it much easier for people to get involved. I mean, and taxes, I mean, uh, uh, municipal rates. If you say you're a game farm, you, 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 get, uh, you get taxed the, the maximum amount. You know, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So, uh, you, you know, the, the, you should almost be, uh, uh, have free rights because you, you're trying to, you know, protect the environment. And, yeah, they're taxing us because we, you know, we, we're actually trying to protect the environment. We get taxed more. So that doesn't make any sense either. So it, it, it needs to be liberated uh, tremendously. You know, our government is sort of um, progressive in a sense. So when people complain or whatever, then they, they want to change regulations according to how the people are complaining or making a, you know, big uh, – Big fuss about. So things are often, and then you'll get academics who give a, a, some sort of report or something, and then, then these um, officials will act on that. And there's not enough, um, there, there's not enough consultation with, with the, the, the actual stakeholders in the industry uh, with regards to changing these, these, uh, these regulations and, and laws, you know. So it, it, it's, it's becoming more and more restrictive, you know. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I just feel that the, the government uh, should not get involved at all. And then, then you have, like, the veterinary side as well, you know. Uh, yeah. Game farmers used to – vets, yeah. Mm. The, the, vets used to, uh, the farmers used to be able to dart their own animals, and, uh, and, and now they're not allowed to do that anymore, you know. So that's, that's just made it even harder and more expensive. To, to manage your own wildlife because you can't dart your own animals. You know, this N99 drug, obviously they said, no, but the people will poach your rhinos with it. But, but, I mean, you can poach your rhino with a silenced rifle if you want to. So, so um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit too complicated and the, the transformation aspect of it uh, is, 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 is suffering because of, of too many governmental restrictions. So the state is strangling the industry. Uh, um, to to steal from Ramon, I am utterly shocked. Gob- shocked, absolutely gobsmacked. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's so essentially just deregulate quite a lot. What regulations would you keep? Uh, what things do you think are important to make sure that you know there isn't uh, overt cruelty to animals um, and that uh, the the general um, symbiosis of uh, conservation versus hunting as a business um, can exist. Uh, well, the, the main thing is just uh, you know uh, theft, uh, theft and poaching. I mean, if the if if uh, the uh, police or whatever uh, authorities can can just help with that, you know, uh, uh, with, with you know anti-crime and stuff like that, that, that needs to be in place. But as far as well cruelty, I mean, you know. You know, well, how, how do you how do you police that type of thing? You know, it it um, as, once again, you know, I believe the market uh, will regulate itself as far as that type of thing goes. You know, we we promote ourselves uh, as a very you know ethical destination. I mean, we as I said, more than half of our, our customers are all repeat. They like what's what's going on here. We 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 have a website. We we, we go to the shows in America. We we have a big following. If there's a problem. Uh, you know, it gets sorted out uh, amongst ourselves. People don't, uh, you know, come to you if, if they don't like your, your operation. And, and with uh, the, the information age as we have it at the moment, I mean, you know, stories spread very quickly. 
So, so it's basically self-regulating as far as that goes. Uh, you know, as I said, the government should have an absolute minimum um, involvement in, in this uh, industry for it to, to really you know, reach its uh, potential and, and grow and transform. Yep. Uh, so basically, as with uh, all conclusions of our podcast, government, just stay the hell away, please, for God's sake. We yeah. don't need you. Yes. Oh. No, I, fully agree. I mean, we, we've reached the stage where we can manage all these things ourselves now. We've got the, 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 the means, you know, we've, we've got the resources, the Internet. It's a fantastic thing. I mean, there was a, a, a big game sale today in, in Tabazumbi, and they sold a buffalo for 168 million. And it's a, it's another a new record, you know, and, and stuff like this. I mean, it's it's fantastic what 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 is possible. There's a lot of money. Uh, they sold uh, some bottles of red wine. Uh, Anthony Rupert sold sold uh, uh, bottles of red wine. I don't know how many, a few hundred thousand. It's all being donated, you know, voluntarily to um, to to a school for the less fortunate or something over there. And so so there's a, a lot of charity going on. Uh, on a voluntary basis, yeah. So, so government is yeah. actually not really needed yet. No, of course not. Even though 168 million rand for a glorified cow, that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. But it's not my money, <laughs> so I don't really care. Um, well, yeah. yeah, I would never pay that. I would never pay it. But I mean, that's between the buyer and the sellers. Their absolutely, business, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Early, thank you, sir. Um, really appreciate you uh, coming onto the podcast. And um, if people want to save animals, go hunt them. Basically, that's the that's the main focus. It's the biggest conservation success story uh, in in recent times. I mean, you take the Bonte book or Black Philippines, There were maybe twenty or thirty left about sixty, seventy years ago, and look where they now. Thousands of them. The Bonte book. I mean, we we have them, and I love our Bonte book. You know, we have them DNA tested, everything. And, and, and it's just fantastic. And it's only because of hunting that there's so many now. Yeah, because there's a drive to conserve them. Well, thank you. Um, I think we're going to call it. Uh, we uh, a bit short on studio time this week. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, giving us some insight into hunting. Those of you who are against this, I hope you've at least had your mind opened a little bit um, to, to this concept. And those who aren't, you better be vegans because factory farming is far worse, my friends. <laughs> Oh, Absolutely. I mean, those poor chickens. I mean, I don't eat chicken uh, from the shops because of that. I, I yeah. you know, object to that. Yeah. All right. So where can we find you on Twitter? Just quickly. Uh, my, my name, Erdley Rudman, E-A-R-D-L-E-Y, Rudman. Uh, yeah, that's just that, – that's it, Erdley Rudman. Right, so you can, uh, you can direct all your uh, hate for hate? this one towards Erdley. Uh, I've got a thick skin. Yeah, early. Just just respond with uh, with farms being slaughtered at the abattoir, but that's it. That's how you respond. No. <laughs> anyway, all right. Really thank need thank, to you, thank you, thank up. you, thank you so much, early. All right, Ramon. Yep. So uh, that's uh, that's another show in the bag. Indeed. Uh, next one. Well, I, we have a guest in mind. Hopefully, he, he rocks up. Uh, it'll be interesting. But all our shows are great, as always. Yeah, of course. Thank you for listening. Um, keep supporting. Keep listening. Force other people to listen to us. Yeah, so I guess they will. so as uh, as Ramon says, keep supporting. You know where to find us. Uh, please also rate us on iTunes if you listen through iTunes. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast because it's more interesting than pretty much anything else you listen to. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Central.com